I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. Well, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, y'all? 2020. 2020. Yes. Yeah. 2020 vision. 2020. Yes. So you know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You hear her voice? Yes. Lisa Bolacaz. Hello. Doing her thug thing. Yes. Three weeks in a row. Yes. A record. Okay. Listen, right. listen. Before you walked into your office, because I came here she first. Was here early. She was I was here, here early. <laughs> because, you know, we got a spe- you know, we we got to talk about some things. Right. So I want to make sure I had some time. Plus, I want to come, uh, you know, I called my dad in Italy. So I'm sitting there on the phone while I'm waiting for Hilliard to pull mm-hmm. up. And I'm talking <clears> on the phone <throat> and my dad is like, yeah, dad. And literally, I was having this conversation, which is what our podcast episode is going to be about. Right. And all he just told me was, Lisa, just remember. Everyone has their space in place. <laughs> be kind. So, um, with this episode, I'm going to do my best to be kind because my father, <laughs> all the way across the ocean oh, over yeah. there in Italy, said, <laughs> you know, be kind, yeah. be black, <laughs> be proud, be you, be you, but not you, you, but you know, be be church, Lisa. Like, so like you got to be Sunday, in church. Man, yeah. Sunday, so man. yeah. So it's, it's Sunday. So I'm because of my father. I'm going to be yeah. as very judicious. And nice and kind, as if I were working on the usher board on a Sunday in a Baptist wow. church, oh. sweating. Not Look, Baptist give me your gum. church. Give me your, give your gum. gum. <laughs> give me your gum. Tip, tipping, it, tipping him with one finger, giving the eye, like, excuse me, the white glove, <laughs> one hand behind the back. I put it right on the <laughs> glove, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I you know what I need to go back to church <laughs> I've been a good church uh, a long time Chris Derrick is out this week he isn't feeling well so that's what happens when you do too much work well I have been welcome to work yeah <laughs> yes. that's what you do yes. so he's not feeling this well this week so we're gonna miss him for the next two episodes I think mm. and then um, we got my girl Sunny Joshim yes oh, I said it right you. Yes, okay. Our number one fan sitting in with us, so we're like, "Girl, get on the mic." But Leia's so funny though. When, we, when I was talking to her before you came in, mm-hmm. I found she's Haitian, and you know mm-hmm. I love Haitians right. because me growing up being a diasporan, Haiti is like one of my my hero. Like you know how you have superhero. Like it's like if there really was a Wakanda, it'd be Haiti <laughs> for me because you know, like I said, my stepdad's called the Black Pearl of the World because right. they were the first ones to like basically you know I raise know. up <laughs> exactly. and handle some business, right. and it was like an inspiration to everybody else. And of course, they're still paying for it now. We are yeah. still paying. They're still it. paying for it. True. But uh, yeah, so it's one of my hero countries. Mm-hmm. And so when she said that, it's like, oh my god, my favorite writer Ed Witch is from there. It's like there's so many cool things about about Haiti because you always hear all kinds of negative stuff. 
but I'm always <clears throat> excited when I meet folks with Haitian roots. Yeah. So welcome, welcome. Awesome. Thank you. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and jump into the show. So we were talking offline about <clears throat> what we're going to talk about today. And we were talking about how that first hour in the writer's room is, a, is an interesting thing. But then you spend it on another thing that we could talk about. Well, let's jump into that. Yes. So <clears throat> I'm using. Okay, that's enough. I'm, u- so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm using, as, as my father dictated that I do, uh, I'm going to be as very... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. Please. Daddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. And first of all, Dad, you are like 5,000 miles uh, away. They don't hear it. <laughs> my, literally, it's like 8 o'clock right now, about 8.30ish in Italy, and my dad literally is sitting outside in a cafe having a, an espresso. Cigar, chilling, yeah, right? He is. Like, literally, my dad is smoking a cigar right now. He says, yeah. I told him I'll call you in a few hours, and I get done. He says, I'll be up. You know I'll be up. I don't sleep. And he don't. <laughs> you, you, no one sleeps in Italy. So, you know, mm-hmm. so here's the thing. So everyone already knows this. If you haven't seen it on the social media, because uh, it was something that I had to really sit back and like think about, and I really wanted us to talk about it because mm-hmm. one, Hillier, you've worked in writers' rooms before. We've had plenty of our friends that've worked in writers' rooms, sure. and so let me just get you up to speed. So <clears throat> what happened? I wanna, what had happened was <laughs> I want to say a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mr. Tyler Perry had put up a post on social media showing all these scripts that he had wrote. I believe it's for 2019. Right. So, you know, nice little shot. And, you know, it was cool. It's like, oh, yay. You know, awesome. You run her stuff. So he was showing all this. And it was like, oh, I wrote this all the year. And it, then at the end of it, it was like, work ethic. And it was like, I saw that. And my first mm-hmm. thought was, okay, at first I'm thinking, oh, you're showing this is all the wonderful things that I have created. Yay, you. And as a writer, like, yay, respect. Sure. You know, you got your studio. You're doing your thing. Yay, you. Right. You've got your audience. You, got, you do what you do, which is your thing. Mm-hmm. Yay, you. But it really... It pissed me off, to be honest it with you. It pissed off a couple of people, apparently. When, right when he said work <laughs> ethic, implying right. that there aren't other black writers out there creating mm. excellent shit mm. that may not necessarily be getting produced because we got gatekeepers who yes. don't understand and respect black excellence right. and the variety and diversity of what our audience is. <clears throat> so, you know, I felt kind of, I felt a couple, I kind of way you know so I didn't say very much I mean I said some shit on my burner accounts if you can find me out there <laughs> just remember the avatars some collard greens yeah, some black eyed peas and some cornbread you so can't tell them that I can't you know, they won't find it you know how many pictures are up there up there if you find it it's a collective you'll find it and so you know I said a couple things and on my other one of my romance burner accounts I had just mentioned the same thing where I had made a comment and I said well writers just so you know you write at your own pace and you write and put the output that, that works for you and just because somebody writes more things than you doesn't mean your stuff isn't any better. Everyone has their own pacing and their own way of writing. And quantity does not equal quality. That is very, very true. But there is, just as, a, as, a, as another way to look at it also, <clears throat> there is, I believe that everybody works at their own pace. None of us started off being able to write a script in a week. you know. And the ones that can work their butts off to get to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's where I'm going with right. it. <clears throat> is yes, your pace may have been very slow at first, or it might have taken you six months to write a script, especially a feature, and eventually you get to a point where you could probably do it in a month or two. Yeah, you know? and that takes time. Sure. But my th- me saying that was basically um, a rebuttal to him saying that just because you're not at his speed yet, or put that as if you don't have a good worth ethic, as if you don't bust your ass to try to learn craft, as if you don't do that, and that's the implication. <laughs> and it's kind of the same kind of tone that I know people have been watching the Kevin Hart. Docu- series and he I've heard him say that too like I have a strong work I've been working and it's like 
dude, you don't look happy half the time with that. You know what I mean? And it's like, we have to really take, kind of take stock of when we put out these things, like if you're not working hard or breaking your neck or that you're not doing the things. And it's like with black people, sometimes that shit kills us. It does. We have heart attacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about John Singleton. Hypertension, high blood pressure. Listen, trying to keep kind of, you know, we got this kind of like old slave mentality. And it's also that Puritan work ethic. Like if you're not doing this and on time, you being late. We have this stuff. You feel like you have to prove yourself. Like you have to be, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 times better. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, there's different, you know, there's just different ways that people write and have output and you can learn to write faster and there's some professional grade A Oscar winning writers who admit themselves like I can only have this much output or I can only do everyone has their own thing so I was offended by the idea that there aren't you know, and then of course some of the feedback that some of the people who were pushing back on some of us who were kind of offended by that Mm -hmm. that tweet was like well create your own stuff well you know if you can do it you can do it Negro they don't realize what we're talking about Black people right now have so much excellent shit that has not been produced or looked at or been not wanting from gatekeepers, not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm offended when you say, well, make your own. When people say that, that's just mm-hmm. a derailment tactic. Mm-hmm. That's a straw man argument. That's you because you don't know what's out there. Because you and, and they I don't know, know what it takes to make yes, your own thing. One, coming from screenwriting and also me coming from mm-hmm. like writing and publishing. I know tons of writers who are writing good shit that's necessarily getting published, but it's excellent. And we just, who's going to take the chance to do it? Right. And what happens is Hollywood gets stuck on stupid sometimes and we get the <laughs> same tropes and genres. So with that being said, the comment that Tyler Perry had made, basically he writes his own stuff and he doesn't have, the other part of that component was he doesn't have a writer's room because he feels like he wants to have his own handprint, it's his voice. And I get that. Just to bear with me, don't give me that right. face here. Just let me bear with me, bear with me. And so I thought, okay, well, you and I, when we used to teach a lot of the screenwriting stuff for mm-hmm. organizational black screenwriters, one of the things we talked about, a lot of writers come up with their own theme. And I used to always say all the time, mm-hmm. Tyler Perry's thing is always about forgiveness. Right. However... <laughs> Since we're going to be real, his other theme seems to be also right. broke down black women, mm-hmm. light-skinned men coming to rescue them with bad wigs, <laughs> and cheap, and just fast and cheap. And it's like, and he was bragging at one point, it's like the new, the latest thing he has out on Netflix, he was bragging like, yeah, we filmed it in five days. Negro, people have been tweeting like, we can see people reading the script. Right. That's crazy. We can see people drinking stuff where we know ain't no liquid in there, but right. we can see there ain't nothing in the and cup. And it's all light. And, it's all, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you have time? Mm-hmm. Negro, you have the resources, the resources. to take your time. They got time. a studio. You have a studio. They got Disney World in fucking Atlanta. For and, I'm, and part of me is like, Lisa, have some decorum. Mm-hmm. I, I respect a lot of what Tyler Perry in terms of creating his own stuff because trust me I take my mom to go see his movies because that's what she likes yeah. there's an audience for that stuff right. I've gone to the plays and listen I've been to one I, I, listen, I, 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 listen. I didn't go to go see the play mm-hmm. I went to go see the black people we right. showed up two hours before the play just to watch black people coming to show out what are we wearing just the excitement of being around blackness like where it's like the negritude it's not even the chitlin circus we always joke oh we yeah. get these black plays like the chit- no it's almost like Oh no, they come dressed. They we do. come and like we they have come fun. to church. Oh, yeah, and they come sure, to church. Sure. The hats. Talking. Right. And then when we saw it in San Diego, it was like homecoming week. Mm-hmm. We were seeing people we ain't seen from years from old neighborhoods. <laughs> Girl, when the lights was coming down, Tyler Perry had to come on the stage and tell us to sit down and be quiet. Because right. we were still and mind you, not everybody's been to plays before. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know theater okay. etiquette. We think it's a church. Listen, Look. they was blinking lights, that's and I'm trying hilarious. to tell people, well, that's the signal that it's about to start. 
And black people's like, girl, we ain't seen you since. Child, I'm yeah, real grown. Still standing okay? up. And me slowly <laughs> trying to walk to my seat. Like, this is the time. And finally, we had to come out and be like, y'all, could y'all came out as Medea's. Like, can y'all wow. get in your... It was fun. That's hilarious. And I get that. I love that aspect of it. <clears throat> but there's something about when you disrespect writers. Mm-hmm. And we already know the history early on of a couple of writers that we know who are yep. friends of ours mm-hmm. who were totally disrespected. Where when, he did have a... What did he say he didn't have? A writer's room. And... He did. He had a writer's room. And, and the writers wrote, wrote the episodes. A ton, they wrote like... Hundreds. Hundreds of scripts yeah. in a short period of time right. with no health benefits. Nothing. No union. No dental. Right. No, not even basic minimum WGA minimums. Mind you, you're supposed to be black and four black people. Mm-hmm. And this would have been a great opportunity to, to pay us our worth and to like create a whole army of black writers. Right. And <clears throat> so when that happened... That's when I kind of fell off the the TP train because right. before I was like, oh yeah, well you know he's bringing a certain audience. You he can't serve. You, he's, he's serving served, an underserved. Audience. Yes, he's serving like, an underserved audience, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. And I always I try to remind myself over the years, don't don't yuck somebody's yum because y'all know I love Sharknado, mm-hmm. and y'all know I love a lot of stuff that's just not good. Right. I love bad, but movies. I love it because some things are just funny and they make me happy and I get excited about it and I just love the people who put it together and I get that and because. It's valid. And it's valid. Totally valid. And I try to keep that in the back of my mind for mm-hmm. those people who love Tyler Perry movies, especially as a new one is coming out. Because mm-hmm. if you go on social media, some people love, this is the best. And then you have that other side mm-hmm. who's like, How, why would you brag that you filmed this in five days? Why would you brag that, you know, I don't have anybody else's eyes. This is all me. And everybody's like, yes, Negro, it That's shows. Bad, bad, but here's the thing. thing. It made me feel mm-hmm. bad because mm-hmm. this is a black person mm-hmm. who has created the studio Mm-hmm. That used to be a Confederate site. Mm-hmm. He's got sound stages named after black people. And he has all the accoutrements and all the makings of being like this. You know, he could literally be like the artist. What is it? The the one where all the, the celebrities got together and they made United Artists. Right. And they created their own stuff. They did their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like you could be like that thing, that, that person. But it feels like narcissism, yeah. ego, For sure. trying to keep money. It's just something, just something not right. And this is what else that offended me as a writer and who knows writers that are busting their hump and trying to get this done. <clears throat> there, was a, um, the, there was an interview that was done. I don't know if it was Sway's Universe or somewhere mm-hmm. where they had some of the actresses. Felicia Rashad was one of them mm-hmm. and a couple of other actresses from the, the movie and stuff like that. And they were talking about how Tyler Perry had said that, well, you know what? He would have writers write his scripts, but then he would read them. And then he didn't like what he, he's saying. He had to rewrite them. So he's like paying them. And then he'd have to like pay him again to rewrite it. So he might as well write it himself. And I'm like, that's what writers do. You, you pay writers I'm to make get things. I'm going to the nitty gritty of that. You, you pay writers to make it better. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So basically, you know, it's okay. If you want to do that, that's on you. Right. But as a writer, if you don't want to have a writer's room, if you don't want to take critiques or notes from anybody else, if that's going to be your singular voice, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to accept the fact mm-hmm. that there are going to be some people who can critique your work, and you cannot take the criticism as them being anti-you. They're just being anti the idea that you would vilify and try to like shame other writers for not having a work ethic because they're not writing their voice like <clears throat> you. And, and that's... That's something, what the wrong way. Something I want to add to, you know, I, I had the plays on the little DVDs. Mm-hmm. I used to watch it every Sunday. So, you know, I love the plays. But 
what I notice is a lot of these shows are about black women. Mm -hmm. Nothing about us without us. Like, that's one of the quotes I love. So you can't write a show about black women and then don't have any black women at the seat of the table. Like, you're talking about our experience. Black men experience and a black woman experience are two different things. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with sexism. Say that one more again. So, like, (laughs) you can't. Say that one more again. Like, you have to have us Mm -hmm. to inform us about your work. So it's like, who is informing your work? But he he came from a family where he was the only guy in the family... I believe wasn't it something like that. So sometimes you think, well, I know because I grew up with all women or whatever. But here's where I was gonna go with that. A couple things. One, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm trying to be as. Do we need nice. to call our lawyers? Do I need to call Probably. my lawyer, Tony? Probably. Do I need to call you on the phone, girl? <laughs> Let me just preface this. I respect what TP is doing mm-hmm. on on the level that he's his hustle is bigger than anybody we've seen. In the sense that he's followed through with it. And made himself a multi, listen, almost billionaire. I was a cheerleader. That, I was there. That part of it, I'm all for. But let's talk about the work. Exactly. Okay, because this is listen. Right? Mind thing. you, I, yes. I'm just a respect. Right. I was a fan. I used to be on their message boards. Like, well, when you come in, because I always want to take my mom, mm-hmm. my cousin, because I I appreciate the fact that he was serving an underserved sure. audience. Yeah. He Actors brought, we hadn't seen in a long time brought, were getting starring listen, roles in his. He stuff brought joy to my yes. aunt before she passed away. That was like her big thing. She'd be looked forward to. Like right. we would go on a Sunday and go see it. Then we would go. I hated this because the movie come out listen, every three listen, months. Listen, listen, <laughs> and then we would go to like hometown buffet afterwards right. and do the whole. <laughs> listen, it was listen, routine. It was a routine. <laughs> you know, y'all went to the waffle. Listen, line. it was. All the San Diego, we ain't had no Waffle House. We were San Diego ain't that black. <laughs> it ain't that black. But you know, we had our things that we would do, and we enjoyed it. And I used to go on the message boards in the day, like, oh, well, when you because I liked the communal, I liked the aspect of one. He's writing it, and he was setting the example for other people. Like, you can create your own stuff exactly. and for wallet and build an audience, and we could just do this. You could do your and DVDs. be in charge of it. You can do your sure. DVDs, sell it yourself, make your mm-hmm. money, make Hollywood come to you. Right, and for that's sure. exactly that's what, what he did. did. So this is where I'm going. So with all that greatness, and then he dogged my friends out, and then I had to like. So with all that greatness, and because we both fell off because of what Mm -hmm. happened with House of Pain, yes, you know our friends that we all know and love were the writers on this show, who wrote over a hundred, I want to say twenty, twenty-five, thirty episodes or whatever in like a year. I don't even think it was that long. It was short. But they wrote that many episodes. That's like six years worth of shows. It's crazy. They were shooting like two or three episodes a week. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. So what was happening, let's break it down about why... Tell it. Why a writer... So I'm a showrunner on a show. A writer writes on my show. They turn in a script. I don't like it. My job is to sit down with them if I can or have my, one, my number two sit with them explain to them my style of writing. Or make sure that they read the scripts and understand. You're supposed to teach them how to do it. Not just go, well, they didn't do this right. Let me rewrite it. How are they ever going to get it right if you don't teach them? And you're already paying them. You feel me? That's a problem. That tells me your management isn't very good, first of all. Right? Number two is on a normal show, Sonny, you turn in your story area, which is here's what the basic episode is about. It's a one sheet. Right? Well, you turn that in, he don't want to read that. I want to see a script. So then you go, okay, well, let's, let's show him what the beat sheet looks like. So the beats are all like, you know, and this scene, this happens, this, this happens. No, 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 no. I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to read this. Let's, let's give him an outline. Now, these are all the things that we're supposed to do. You go to story area, you give him a beat sheet, you give him an outline. You preach into the choir. And then he's like, no, 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 I don't even know how to read this. I need to just see the script. So if you ask me to jump straight to the script 
and you didn't have any chance to filter through any of the holes that you didn't like, that's why you're going to be going, this isn't right. That's what that's for. You know what I mean? You could have found out, you could have found all that information out in a beat sheet. But you don't want to take the turn to learn to learn how to do a beat sheet properly. You see what I mean? That's what it's for. So what I'm hearing when I see, and I'll tell them that I don't give up. What I'm seeing is you just write fade in and you start writing. You don't do none of the homework that we do, which is why we say no disrespect to TP, but we have a little disrespect in the sense of of um, the work that he turns out isn't the highest. This is why he hasn't been nominated for things. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't take the time to make it as great as it could be because he doesn't, he's got a yes man, all, a yes man and women all around him. Nobody's going, yo, T, um, this character doesn't make any sense. People want to eat, People wanna eat. they want to work, and they're exactly. like, you know what, let me keep my mouth shut. He writes it, says, this is my money, I'm putting it down, nobody has any say over it, which is kind of what he's saying in all those tweets from yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have the say, I control whatever the hell, it's my studio. And Godspeed. You know, I have the final word, that is not the way that Hollywood runs. Hollywood runs on, you know, a collaboration. collaboration. You know, even the studio has to speak to somebody. The studio has to speak to the showrunner. They have to speak to the producer. You know, there's there's still some collaboration somewhere where somebody filters their experience with yours. You know what I mean? But if you were the only person because you think it works, and I get to an extent it did work at first, and he still has his audience, right? What I'm saying is, in the most positive sense, is that he could be better if he took the time to really learn his craft, right, and master the way that a writer is supposed to, A, write and manage a TV show, right, and then he would be able to bring writers on who could write his voice. And he could kind of do a That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and it kind of he kind of could be in terms of like writers and things like that and everybody else. Kind of like what Spike Lee did back in the day where he brought like everybody in. So a lot of people coming up, they learn all kinds of things in filmmaking, right. directing. Jeff Bird. Um, all yeah, of all those guys coming up through there. And if you haven't seen the book, um, I'm trying to remember the name. There was a book that came out <laughs> that talked about the different people that Spike Lee had worked for Spike Lee come up through him and him basically reaching back and trying to get as many people as possible through. You know, I feel like TP is, he has everything there to do that in terms of writers and everybody else. But I just feel like he doesn't want to because he wants his stink on it. And it's like, fine. However, I did hear him say that, you know, he is going to have other writers because he's got to, he's got to use that studio. He will have other writers doing their own things. And I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, for sure. But I'm real curious to know what kind of product they're going to be putting out. Right. And I'm going to say to all the Tyler Perry fans out there, please don't come at us about, you know, because <laughs> I know you like, you can at me if you want to, but I don't want to be. No, my beef is with no treatment shit. of black writers. Yes. That, that, this is what this conversation is about. This is, this, is a, this is a conversation really, truly about, you know, our most wealthy um, um, independent filmmaker out there today. Of color, the black, let's say black. Don't even say um, color. We're talking about black people. Black. We're being very, we're being just, very yeah, specific. I was, right to, I was trying to be PC, but then I was you like, could be PC, but I'm talking blackness. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's definitely the most successful. And you know he's got Oprah in his corner, and you know the Obamas. I mean, he's got all that shit. So there's there's a lot of power in that, right? So so and there's I'm, a lot of aspirational blackness in there too. Correct, correct. And his stuff is pretty safe. 
Mm-hmm. You know, even though they curse a lot, Medea curses a lot, it's still not offensive to the universe in what he does. You know, somebody wins over whatever the situation is in everything that he does and in a positive way. Usually their way there isn't the way that we would usually write it. But, it, you know, it works <laughs> for them, well, I guess. But I think what you it is I mean? for me, the last few times, because I, I, I have to confess, yeah, I haven't watched this movie. I've seen every single ago. Tyler Perry movie that's come out, that's even the boo, because I take boo. I wanted to see I seen the second one too. Right. And the last few ones, he's been really trying. Like, I really noticed a change because mm-hmm. I don't know if he was he was getting in his feelings about people talking about oh well you know if he's trying to like trying to grab a younger urban audience because I've noticed a lot more cursing mm-hmm. than normal right. and a lot more sexual stuff jokes and stuff a lot more crude mm-hmm. that he did not used to have mm-hmm. like I would the last few movies he's put out I would not take my aunt to go see if she was still alive she would not be going seeing those movies right. which is interesting to me so I feel like he tried to maybe change some things up and try to get some and it just didn't quite work I think the last boo thing he had a bunch of social media stars mm-hmm. YouTubers in there to try to pay, and it just it was too late like it's too late most people don't even know those people anymore and it's moved on right. so <coughs> you know, I don't I I just my like I said my my critique with him is basically the treatment of black writers and it's really hurtful when it's a black person doing this to other totally black agree. people. Totally agree. If this had not happened, like if he had treated our friends and like came through, I would be in his corner. I wouldn't necessarily be a fan of every single thing because hey, I, not everything ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I would be like, yeah, you're doing it. Like you're ushering us in. We got student. We're doing all kind of plethora of different yeah. things. We have created our own thing. We can do anything now. Sure. I don't see that coming from that. And that hurts. It's hurtful to Mm -hmm. me because I feel like we're at a time now where it's not that expensive to make films. I mean, for God's sakes, people are making films on iPhones that are Oscar worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got so much black talent. Well, he's doing this interesting thing where I wonder, I mean, it's (laughs) you know, but I think he's doing this. Why aren't we using them? You know, sometimes people think they're helping you because they're offering you something. Like, for instance, he's made a studio. So all you black people can come to Atlanta, get the incentives here, and shoot here. But he's also the most expensive place to shoot at. It's not like it's cheaper to go there because of, you know, it's at Tyler Perry's place. Look, he's hooking you up. let's be real. We get, in the, ba- like, we get in the bag. We get in the bag. Exactly. So he's, he's still taking advantage of the situation. Now, can I say something? Go ahead. That might sound hypocritical. Because, you know, before I wanted to be a vet and a marine biologist and all this other stuff, my right. dream job was to be the tour guide at Universal Studios. <laughs> you could have done that. Now, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Real talk. If Tyler Perry was to come up to me and say, you could be the tour guide of TP Studios, right. I would do it. Used to. But I would do it in a way where I would be telling people all kinds, like, I would take advantage of that mm-hmm. and make it into, like, a Universal Studio, Black Landia, historic you could make that into such a huge thing. Mm. I oh, see so much. Land, yes, like, I see so much potential. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if they want to. They don't want to do that. And if you're the most expensive place to film in Atlanta, in Atlanta, from, this, is, this is the rumor that I'm hearing. So I'll, I'll get some more clarity on that. But and that's, it's like that's, that's, that's what I've heard. But from, I'm just saying from filmmakers. If, if someone said if you want to be, I'm yeah. child, listen, I'll be doing trickle like, and here we are at mm-hmm. Lena Horn. Studios, right? Right now, they're doing Black Panther Part Two. Right now, and there's there's Chadwick. Hey, Chadwick. <laughs> you know, but you know, I I it was just really I was I don't know the conversations about it, and people have their own, and I think the other part of the conversation too is like content. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, I want you to talk about in terms of what the power of a writing room does for your writing. 
Like, can you just do, I know sure. we've talked about it before, sure. but since we're on the topic, talk about what happens in the first few minutes when you get in there right. and how that eases you into the work sure. and how having several eyes and voices and different personalities collaborating and creating something is beneficial. Good, because that, that actually totally makes sense to where I was going <clears throat> with if, if you decide as TP that I'm going to have a TV show and the writers write an episode, I don't like it and I need to rewrite it tonight, you know, here's what you're missing, right? So we come in a room, mm-hmm. um, that first hour, which you guys notice, our fans who listen to the show, Sonny, um, that you notice the first 10, 20 minutes it's sometimes, just like we're room. just talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what you been up to, girl, girl? I just saw this new movie, you know, whatever the hell. That's what's going on in the writer's room. And then sometimes somebody will talk about a movie, a TV show, something they just read in an article, you know, the, the, new, the New York Times, and whatever is going on, <clears throat> something will spark. Ooh, that's fascinating. You know, we're working on the character of Jake and that relationship between him and his mother. What if we took that thing that you just brought up and gave them that storyline? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it spins into something else. Right, so he's missing moments like that, mm-hmm. where you can really expand worlds into things you would have never thought of because mm-hmm. it's something you read, you saw, you heard, whatever. And even right. if it's in a trope or a genre that you've sure. rehashed before, sure. you can always flip it in a certain right. way and give it a fresh new take. And speaking of that, <clears throat> and what happens is somebody might say, "Yeah." I like that, but you do know that on Watchmen they did the exact same thing. Mm. So maybe we could take this instead of being about the woman who does that, mm. we do it about the little kid because blah, 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 now it looks more fresh. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, you see what I mean? But that's why you have all those voices mm-hmm. of people who are current to what's going on in the, in the, you know, in the, in the universe and in the ether or whatever. So that way you, you're not doing the same thing thinking it's original. Right. Because you don't fucking watch TV. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. You don't have time to watch TV because you're too busy making 12 shows. Right. You know what I mean? So you have other people who are, who are going, yes, T, um, that's cute. <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been a nice moment. But literally, they just did it last week on this show, that show, and that show. Right. You know what I mean? With the same moment. They're actually in the kitchen in the same situation. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They actually said the exact same word. Right. You know what I mean? It could be that close sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you need um, a, a room for that. The other thing is, when you break down a story in a room, when you're really putting things up on a board and you're looking at the beats and, 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 you, and you're, you're starting to look at how the whole show is going to take place. You know, we've all done it. You break down, you know, act a teaser mm-hmm. or whatever. You start to see it on the wall with the entire room. And remember, your room is full of people who are special at things that you probably aren't special about. Right, you don't just hire a bunch of comedy writers because they're all funny. Mm-hmm. You also bring in a drama writer who's really good at, you know, character ca- work. emotion right. or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? You bring in right. somebody who might who might um, be good at action because there's going to be a couple moments with Medea driving in the car, right. whatever the fuck. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so you 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 you're missing them having their special their 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 superpower to help you somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? It's all you now, mm-hmm. and it's just your superpower. And they may be good. But you're missing those other elements that could elevate you even more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's little, it's 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 big things and little things. You know what I mean? We need him to be like the X Men. Like you could be oh, professor, you could be <laughs> Professor X, right. but you still got to out storm and everybody exactly. else to get the shit done. You know, exactly. it's like you kind of need that. But with that being said, <clears throat> this is what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. More power to him. Right. So how do we? 
how do we deal with other writers who want to go that same type of path, I guess you could say, who just want to, who don't want to take critiques from everybody else, who just want to just, I just want to write my own stuff and whatever's on the page, that's what the fuck I want to <laughs> put up on film. Do, do a web series. That's what I say. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're trying to put it out there and be a, a TP, you know, it's, you have to really, the reason why it worked for him is because it was something we hadn't seen, mm-hmm. right? And it was an audience that was already there. Right. Mind you, he didn't just blow up because it was like, wow, we'd never seen this before. He had that audience in the theater for years before. And we just, so people. Thousands of people. So that people understand. Tyler Perry was the only one doing this. For sure. There was the barbershop right. shows. There were all these, these. We've always had these type of black plays that would travel to different mm-hmm. cities. Mama, I want to say. Yeah. Say, what, right. uh, yeah. Whether they had musicals, whether mm-hmm. they were. Tra- where it had all the trappings that you find in a Tyler Perry movie, basically. And the only thing that was different was it would come to town and it was festive. Like mm-hmm. I back in the days when radio was real important, mm-hmm. they would tell you, go get your tickets, Donnie. Exactly. Yeah. Girl, we get dressed up mm-hmm. and it was fun. And it was like the collective. It was just something. I know in San Diego for us because we have such a small black population in San Diego. Right. We always call it San Diego the Mississippi of the West, <laughs> even though we are a beach town. Don't 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 get it twisted. Um, it was like this thing. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> and literally, San Diego was all the transplants. Mm-hmm. If they didn't go to Chicago. If they didn't go back east, right. they came to California to get those industrial jobs like Boeing or whatever, the fishing industry, the tuna industry that we used to have in San Diego. The military. So, military we had the military. So we had everybody yeah. from everywhere, from Mississippi, from Texas, from Alabama. We had all those mixtures. And when these shows would come through, it was like we get a little bit of down-home blackness. I and, mean, you know, literally, I'd be like in my 20s sitting there like, this shit is so ridiculous but I'm having the best time because I'm here with my friends right. and we looking cute mm-hmm. and we're looking at the military dudes that are coming through <laughs> and we're looking at all the people and it was just fun. But there comes a time where some of those playwrights would either transition into either becoming filmmakers themselves or they would do like Tyler Perry who came along at a time when we started to do a lot of stuff with the internet mm-hmm. and also things where you can actually burn your own DVDs where he right. could actually sell his own plays mm-hmm. himself. Right. That was the main thing that was a little bit different compared to everybody else. Because he was Byron Allen before movies. Right, until, right. You know, he would have his web. That. Yeah, because exactly. I remember, listen. Exactly. I only learned about Tyler Perry because of my cousin. She's like, girl, come on over here. We're going to watch. We're going to make, we're going to have like this collard greens. We're going to do our barbecue. Mm-hmm. And we got this thing called Medea. I'm like, what the hell is Medea? <laughs> I know we used to call our, our one of our grand aunts Medea for Mother Dear, Medea, mm-hmm. Medea. And she's like, no, it's these plays. I'm like, is it like Barbershop? And she's like, yeah. I said, okay, girl, let me watch it. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like there was like, I think one of my favorite ones is, uh, oh God, I can't remember the name of it. Breaking the song I can do bad all reason. by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah there was. I used to but love those songs. I used to love them. But here's the thing. But here's the thing that made them so amazing is because a lot of those people who were going to see, we were working class people. Mm-hmm. We would save up our little coins. Life would be rough. We would get together and they would watch and, and we get a little bit of that Southern flavor, that little thing. And then they break into those gospel songs and have people crying. Like, and we yeah. hit you. It'd be like, Lord, I'd, it was just this communal experience. Yeah. And I totally get what that. What I'm going to do with what this What I'm going to do with this stuff. And we would <laughs> laugh like, girl, this ain't no Toni Morrison. But <laughs> you know what? It's what it is. And we're having fun. And right. that's what I loved about it was the communal film. And I, like I said, when I used to go on his website, he would damn, have like, okay. Damn. 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 And he'd have... <laughs> You could buy the DVD, and before the DVD, you could buy like the cassette tape, right. you know, or the videotape, and you come watch it, and people would do that, and you could only get it on his website. Mm-hmm. 
And then I remember one time I was at the Writers Guild mm-hmm. and one of the dudes who was like his one of his first agents that he ever had, mm-hmm. they had did this panel. And I remember sitting in the Writers Guild and he goes, yeah, well, you know, this dude named Tyler Perry, he's about to blow up because he's doing the new model of creating your thing and having Hollywood come to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Tyler Perry's getting ready to do a movie? And that's when they said, oh, yeah, right, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. And literally, like a year later, that's when that blew up. But I remember him sitting there, he says, he kind of formed the new template mm-hmm. of what the new media is going to be, which is basically not us trying to bust in, but people creating their own content mm-hmm. and then having Hollywood come and right. do that. And, and let me just say for the record, I'm all for that. Yes. That when, when I talk about the positive stuff about TP, and I think there's probably more positive than negative, okay, by the yes. way. Um, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Make mm-hmm. your things. Be your own fucking boss, which is what I did. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's I'm a self-made cat. I'm just doing my thing, right. making shit happen right. on my own. Right. Nobody's controlling me. I you think the I mean? main thing of this is just <clears throat> we just want people like TP and others like him mm-hmm. do better. Do because you better. have because you have the capacity to do it. It ain't like this is yeah. like 15 it ain't 20 hurt years you. ago. Yeah. It, it ain't, ain't like 20 years ago. You to put in three, four writers in your room. It's not going to hurt you. To hire some wig masters, because <laughs> you okay. That's just that's just my personal some YouTubers. Pet. Listen, listen. That's what took me out of Game of Thrones. Mm. People think I'm joking. Them, them if your hair right and right, la- listen, right. if your hair and laid, mm-hmm. and you got this decent money, yes, to make some shit look good. They do. And I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones, and I was almost there. But then when yeah, what's her name, the white hair, hair, I was like, <laughs> I'm out. And I remember all my friends were like making fun of me, like, "Girl, you can't just be not stopping to watch a show because the hair ain't good." <laughs> it's distracting. And though. it's th- it's so distracting <laughs> to me. And I don't know if this is blackness. I just yeah. want to say, YouTubers be having their lace front laid. Listen, there's no excuse. if YouTubers, YouTubers on a budget of macaroni, craft <laughs> macaroni cheese <laughs> from the scalp and pork and beans okay, and ramen noodles scalp. for their honey wagon <laughs> and hair be laid there is no reason why you have a big studio and you got wigs from 1990s hairdos there's no excuse for that and there's no excuse for you to be having like be impressed by filming something so fast whereas we're watching it on Netflix people are like is this woman reading the script directly what's happening well let me just that. say this is why Take we don't shoot movies excellence. in five days usually it's because Number one, you usually see, like you usually shoot like seven, seven to eight, ten episodes, um, pages a day is a ton. You don't usually shoot that much. It's more like in a movie you shoot like three, four, five, six, maybe pages in a day. So imagine if you're doing an entire movie and his movies are like how long are they? What two hours, hour and a half, whatever? I'm not sure. I've never watched them forever. Um, he's doing twenty pages a day, if not more. You know, so that means. He's trying to shoot it like a play. So if you don't have your lines down and you got, and remember, some of his scenes go on forever sometimes. They just be talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you don't have your lines, you're going to have to look up and look at the cue card. Look or look down and see where your lines is at hidden in the foot. You know I, I'm, I'm just saying, you have resources now. Yes. You have access to the best talented <clears throat> black people, whether it's wardrobe whether it's cinematography, whether it's your prop master, your wig master, your makeup man. We have such, I mean, did we not see the black people who, Ruth Carter, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure Ruth Carter, 
He's got some interns that are badass no, coming up. Does. And yes. Ruth Carter comes from that school of Spike right. Lee, which is you bring each one, teach one, bring them mm-hmm. up and flow them out. Right. And it's like, we have so much talent. There is no excuse for for us to not have black excellence now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it is. I want, I want him to do better. And I think it's, and it's, and I know it's unfair. I'm, I'm just going to say this outright. I know it's unfair because one of the things that happens with black people, because we have not had our due, is that a lot of times we get our aspirational first people to do stuff and mm-hmm. we put so much weight at, on them, on their shoulders to do everything for everybody. And a part of me wants to stand back and be like, you know what? This is Tyler Perry's time. Let him do what he wants to do. Sure. And, you know, let him do his thing. But I think now that he has a studio, I think we can open it up. Which which reminds to me. To a little bit more now. I'm actually glad you said that. Because that reminded me of another thing. And I don't want to put that <clears> on <throat> him, but I kind of do. Let me, let me forget my thought. <laughs> that, that reminds me of the other thing that I, that I do love about him. Is that, and I don't, want to, I don't want people to get twisted to think, oh, they don't like Tyler Perry. Don't get it twisted. The hustle... We it's appreciate. Real. Listen, the hustle. I once can't again, even, you can't once again, say shit. Our beef is just writers. That's it. Let me finish my thought. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, Trip, what the fuck were you talking about? You made me forget my damn thought. Exactly what I thought you were going to do. Mm-hmm. What were you talking about a minute ago? Not putting all that weight, the responsibility of doing everything for all the black people all the time. And then mm-hmm. she said something about the studio. Now that she he has, has his studio. own studio. Fuck. It was something else. You need to write down a piece of paper. I know. I'm horrible about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I totally appreciate that. Those are the things that I appreciate about him, though, is that he is giving people jobs. Yes. Right? So let's not, listeners, fans of him, don't get it twisted. We see all the positive. Right? We're coming from the writer's We're perspective. We're coming from a writer's perspective. We could be coming from a director's perspective, an actor's perspective, whatever. Because um, what I would like to know is... So he's got these TV shows. They're SAG actors. Are they getting the minimum SAG? Or are they getting treated like the stars that they are? You know, or should be. You know what I mean? I would like to know, like, what what is what is one of the stars on the TV show, one of his TV shows make? You know, like, if, the, if we were on, <clears throat> what is he, the have and have nots or whatever the hell he has? Sisters. Something, one of those. The I, don't, Oval, I don't know. I've never watched uh, any of them. Um, you got a new one coming out called Bruh? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's actually not a bad time. Like that. Um, I would like to know, like, as you compare yourselves to, you know, you know that on, you know, this is us. Sterling probably makes two fifty a week. Let's just say, right? So, what what's the assumption on his shows? You know that the actors make, and my assumption, just knowing how minimal he is I feel like he gives people the basic minimum and I only said and that if you're I big, know, and if you're a bigger name and you have a little more clout he might give a little bit more he might give a little bit more but he's also like you work with me this is the, if you want to work with me this is what it is and 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 I'm saying Tyler be the first one who's like you know what let's treat this person like the star that we believe them to be let's show Hollywood that we are putting things out there in a positive way because you're going to make your money trust. he's going to make his you're money make because money. he makes most of it right it's not like you, like you were talking earlier offline about a project you're doing where you're trying to get 10% of something right he don't have to worry about that he get 98% right exactly you know what I mean so to give somebody even 3% in the end isn't going to kill you right you know but instead it's like all about me and I wonder that's that's the thing that worries me about him is that you you get to the point where you become so wealthy and I remember I used to always think this too 
most of the people hey Richard most of the people that I have always known of who are billionaires there's almost nobody hey Rich there's almost nobody that I've heard of who's a billionaire who didn't get there from doing something negative whether it's taking people down whether it's being um, you know um, whether it's being um, um, selfish in some way at some point there's something about billionaires have done something that allowed them to make that type of money. You know, which is why you, you have to be ruthless in a way. <clears throat> I believe it. Because for you to take resources it. and basically be a hoarder, that's mm-hmm. what I think billionaires are. When I see Forbes list, right. they need to call it the hoarders list. <clears throat> that's how I look at it. It's right. like for you to have that much resources for 50,000 lifetimes, right. you know, you clearly got to not give a fuck about people mm-hmm. to take shit to make that much. For you to take that many resources from the rest of the planet. So, when I do see black people, and once again, you have to understand, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking specifically to black people in America, that is, right. that is my expertise sure. <laughs> in blackness, <clears throat> is basically, it's like, we do have these aspirational tendencies mm-hmm. where, because of our history with slavery, our history with Jim Crow, right. our history of black life, just basically every day right now. Mm-hmm. Because anything can go wrong right now with black people. Mm-hmm. Is we always have this thing where if some of us make it, yay, that shows that we can make it in this world. And it's like most of the people who are making it that we think of as, you know, having money, they're celebrities. Mm-hmm. If you look at regular black folk, mm-hmm. we're not, you know, if you look at the numbers, we're not like that. Like no our, we're basically working class. If you look at the income, right. median income. For sure. Compared to any other group in this country, anytime we see anybody that's rich or famous, like, oh, this person's made, they're always a celebrity. Whether it's, a, athlete, it's athlete. athletes, mm-hmm. actors, singers. Singer, rapper, okay, whatever. very few do we have billionaires in industry. There's a couple of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can get some names, right. you know, in terms of businesses and corporations. Richard said he knows, huh? There's a few. I've only met the owners of BET. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, you just only. Only. <laughs> 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 I only met them billionaires. We were, we were, hold on, hold on. This is funny. We were talking to you was that yesterday and the other two days ago. And Richard said, So, yeah, I was I was hanging out the other I was hanging out one time with Chris Hemsworth and um And then he starts telling the story. I went, What? Now I have to tell Get up It's hot, it's hot. <laughs> so really quickly, really briefly, did Chris, did Richard Chris, Scott, yeah, did Chris touch this mic? By the way, no. Okay, cool. Because I don't want to be sick. So long story short, I was an intern at Randy Heller Casting. Much love to Randy Heller and Sarah Finn. Um, Randy's amazing. So is Gina Gallo, Tamara Notcut. If y'all have like roles or y'all need a black dude, uh, <laughs> holla, holla, you know, Randy, I'm coming to Disney soon. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. So. We're we're they're casting Thor number one. Okay. So I was an intern there, and I fought hard for this internship. I was in Russia, and I would call. I would wake up at three in the morning every day. Not every day, but three days a week Mm -hmm. to phone different um, internships opportunities at casting Mm -hmm. offices. And they were all like, "Well, we don't know because you have to be enrolled in school." So I enrolled at UCLA during the summer just to have these internships. Wow. So long story short, blah, blah, blah. 
Fast forward to I've got the internship. I'm the only dude they they've had as an intern in years wow. because dudes are assholes apparently. <laughs> and they were like, "You're a dude named Richard Scott from Harvard, so yeah. you must be the ultimate asshole." <laughs> Big nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, um, they're like, "Just let you know, you're gonna have to deal with some people." And I was like, "I've dealt with people, right. so I'm okay." And they're like, "So Chris Hemsworth?" And I was like, "Who's that?" Because at this point, well, he, he wasn't, wasn't there yet. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's chill. They showed me some clips. And then, like, Kenneth Branagh's going to be here. Wow. Now that and, I would trip about. Now that I would have been like, Kenneth Branagh? And so then I was just like, okay, who's that? And they're like, oh, this kid's stupid. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so Kenneth Branagh and Chris Hemsworth are there three days a week mm-hmm. um, bringing folks in. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't worried about them. I was like, oh, my God, this week I get to meet Kristen Crute, Lana from Smallville. Or <laughs> this week, <laughs> Megan Fox is coming in. Lord right, knows. Yeah. Like, and that was when Megan Fox was like peak Megan Fox. <laughs> so anyways, as I got to know uh, them more and more, they became nicer and nicer and opened up naturally. And then Chris Hemsworth was just, he was always nice from day one. And so like with him training... Yeah, long story short, I was about 30 pounds lighter in peak physical condition at this point, and we would just talk a little bit about training. And one day he came in like right after he had been lifting, and I just remember he was just like glistening. He had on like a cutoff t-shirt. <laughs> glistening. His hair his hair was down and it was starting to get longer, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Australian surfer bod. Exactly. And I was like, "You know, I'm not but if I was, <laughs> I would. Yeah, you know, like, I get it. I hit it. That exception. Like, I get it. I was like, I get it. He said, I hit it. I was like, I get it. I'm not, I was like, I get it. I'm not going all the way, but if someone's like, if someone's like, Richard, you have to do a gay scene, I'd be like, all right, that's you know, cool. We was on an island or something, you know. <laughs> I'm like, so, you stay over there. So, needless to say, I thought the shit was funny. I was cracking up. It was so funny. Thanks, man. Like, sorry. I get it. Sorry. That was hilarious. Did we actually needed that little. Wait, did your thought come back? No. Oh my god. It was. It was just all about you know the positivity of him having a company. No, and no. And like it I was said, something. it was something. He is. He has to. And here's the thing. I, I'm hoping. With a lot of the criticism and a lot of the constructive criticism that he's getting, I'm hoping that he's listening and open. Like I said, I was really, um, I was happy to hear him say that he's going to have some other writers doing other things at the studio, you know, different things, films and things like that, because I think that's what we really need. Yeah, if you rent it, if you pay for it, if you, you know what I mean? I think that's what he means, personally. Mm. Okay, well, I mean. Well, let me tell you, let me see this. Do you know if his company is going to be like buying projects from other writers? That I don't know. See, that's where I'm going. Or is it, oh, I have a new project. I'm coming to Atlanta. Let's shoot it at Tyler Perry's place. That's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll have to see. Okay. And I'm just trying to be open and positive. 2020 is a new decade. It's new things happening in the world. Even though you already know, I'm, I'm, 2020 for me is all the year about giving black women their things. Right. And I would like to have some black women doing some things and not just having Tyler Perry do it all the time. Oh, I know what it is. It finally hit me. Forgive me. Forgive me. All right. So here's what I was thinking. He's in a position, right, Sonny, where he could be doing. Here's one of the things I love that Lena Waithe is doing, right? She's doing what I've been wanting to do for years and Pamela's been talking about doing for 10 years that I appreciate. So you get to a place of success, right, where everybody wants to work with you. So you meet lots of writers who have projects and you go, you know what? I don't have time to produce this, but if I put my name on this, 
and brand it, that it's a Lena Waithe project, for example, or a Tyler Perry project, for example, then I could be in this genre, that genre, and that genre. Just like you know Quentin Tarantino, I mean? a couple other people. Oh, So-and-so presents. Sure. Exactly. And that's, that's where I was going. Is That's what I would still like to see from mm-hmm. him is not necessarily <clears throat> something that he has written, but something that is in something that people don't expect him to be in. Exactly. But he... He he saw this writer and was like, "This is amazing. I'm gonna put my name on it." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, or whatever. He's still gonna make his money. You know, it doesn't have to do anything to do with it. You know what I mean? But at least you you bring them up that way. That's another thing. That's I would another like to way see, of bringing it up. Where it doesn't have to necessarily be his actual hand in it. Yeah, his it's brand. Using your name as right. leverage. Exactly, right. exactly. So and that's you saw, be like. like you know the presents, blah blah blah, and right. and that would be interesting, especially a lot of the cool stuff. That's coming out. For example, I would have loved. Well, I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, uh, John Boyega and Letitia Wright mm-hmm. are coming out with a new sci-fi project. Right. Where I guess they're a couple in space, I love and that. I'm like, I am so excited. <laughs> yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Stuff like that. It's like I would love mm-hmm. to see TP Studios to do something like that. Bring in some stuff and from all over the world. Just bring in some good, talented people and let them do their thing. Let me tell you, I watched about. I, I said you, you, you mentioned. Be the Godfather and you mentioned, let them do their you mentioned thing. Boo earlier. Mm-hmm. The trailer made me. I was dying when I watched the trailer. I wanted to see the movie so bad, right? Couldn't get nobody to go with me. So I didn't go see it. You can always call but me. But it came on cable. So it was on one day and I just had it playing in the background. I would just stop it every once in a while and just like watch when I was doing something. <clears throat> but it just wasn't that interesting to me and it wasn't scary to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I hate when they mix comedy and, and, yeah, and I horror. I do too. And horror, yes. I, I, I just, yes. the only people who get it, I mean, it's rare to get it right. You know what I mean? Shaun of the Dead, perfect. Shaun of the Dead is the rare perfect. exception. Perfect. You know, but even that had moments of, oh shit, somebody might get bit. Listen, I <laughs> cried in Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yes. You have that moment and then yes. it moves on. It's like, child, listen, yes. if you can do it like that, I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. So anyway, um, but I thought he had moments of talking about like moving into sci-fi, moving into horror. I was like, oh, so now he's trying something different. It's not just a straight up comedy right. or, you know, an urban right. drama, whatever right. the hell it is. He's right. like showing us right. he could do a comedy too, but still with funny right. with Medea. Because I'm going to tell you that the two or three movies I've seen of his, 15 or whatever he's made... I usually fast forward just to whenever Medea's on the screen because I think she's funny as fuck. <laughs> you know, I can watch her all day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's positivity about about him. I just want him to, like you said, respect his black writers, um, give people credit where they deserve credit. You know, um, um, if you shine, they shine. I think that's something he hasn't figured out yet. That's yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, you should be comfortable going, man, I had the most amazing writer room. Instead of going, I wrote this. I did that at my studio. I did this. You got 100 people out there on your set. You didn't get nobody else credit. You know what I mean? Despite how bad the wigs are. Despite how bad some of the, you, Somebody did it, though. That's just my thing. I'm sorry, y'all. That's just my right? personal <clears throat> thing. <laughs> hey. The wigs. I'm with you. But the, you and I have the same thing. It's... It, it, there are things that we all have pet peeves about. You know, our first pet peeve is sound, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can have a fuzzy-ass movie, but if the sound's the sound's not, please. I'm not watching that movie, <laughs> right? The other thing could be somebody's lace front is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but usually what that tells me... A lot of me, my say. 
the hell? You feel me? <laughs> oh, Usually with that, because t- look, because look, we we have made jokes about this many, many times, and I say jokes because we just mean it lightly and fun, not like oh, can you believe what 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 um people in the UK do? But because they're getting better. The lineups. The line they. They don't be lining their shit. Listen, I be knowing. There's no disrespect. Look, culturally, black people in the diaspora, we have our own things. But I've always, I I can always tell when you're not from, you're not a black American. When you line up in a certain way, I know you from the UK, you from Ireland, you from, you Scottish, I can tell. You ever watch On On My Block? Yes. I love that show. That's like, I just, I, I got to it late, like about a month ago. I've but told I you about it two years it. ago. But the but little the little black boy on there, his hair ain't always lined. It drives me bananas. Listen, and it's the realest thing <laughs> yes, on there. He's yes. like that nerdy kid. Uh, like he's I'm a not, superstar. He's a super nerdy. Kid. Actually, all of them are. Perfect. Yeah, they're great. All of them. Perfect. So, so he's super nerdy, and he reminds me of those black boys that yeah. I went to school with. Yeah. Who they're so he's like cute. borderline gay. Look at him. <laughs> he's so cute. He so has good. he has those kind of queer tendencies yes. that I love. Yes. That kind of that, but he he can't get his lineup right because yeah. he's that's not his focus. He's just just this nerdy, and I love them. Those are the he black boys I fell in love with. Those are the black boys I fell in love with. And then no one else thought they were cute. And then one day they get right. to be like twenty years old and they get their shit together. And people right. are like, you know, he was fine. It's like, look, I told y'all that when he was twelve. Exactly. Y'all should have been on the train. I was when we were twelve. 12. He was fine, right. and y'all didn't see it because he was nerdy and into weird stuff, and that I was into. <laughs> and we had scabs in our knees, rolling our bicycles and that's stuff, and y'all talked trash about him. But now look at him, <laughs> <laughs> brother's thriving. <laughs> what you think about all this, Sony? You know, I am the daughter of a union leader, mm. so a lot of the things I can't say on the podcast <laughs> because I mean, my d- dad was like borderline mm. Marxist communist. So, like, wow. I wait, you, wait, wait, you ain't got to whisper at like it's a scary thing. <laughs> you know, I don't these know. Are, these are, that's what I'm saying. That's actually fascinating in the writing room to know that your father was like that. Yeah, that's, that's so a, there's a, a lot, lot of things that oh, I can say, it. but mm-hmm. I just, oh man, he has such a platform and like his his plays were everywhere. We, I would go on field trips. And you're a fan. Yes, mm-hmm. I would right. go on field trips and we would have like the little DVD. Okay. Put it on, yes. we would watch it. Right. Yes. Like, so I just, uh, we can all win. Right. We can all win. There's enough seat for everyone. Everybody. Yes. And, th- and that's my whole point, Sonny, is you can still be the guy who's the face, the guy who gets 99% of the money and still give credit to your family who helped you put it together. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Be more that way. I just don't understand why it's so much all about what I did and how I do and how it's all me. Well, uh, where, what that's that, is that narcissism. And it also comes from coming from extreme poverty mm. a lot of times when you come especially in New Orleans and you deal with and I've like I said come from San Diego we deal with everybody who came through the south and when you're coming back from extreme poverty and desperation a lot of times when you do get money you have that kind of almost like hoarding mentality where you have to hold on to it because mm. you're so fearful and it comes from a place of fear it comes from a place of scarcity right. and a lot of people don't want to deal with that it also comes from a place of being abused and we know that Tyler Perry has been abused it's like having abandonment issues it, it, yeah and it's like you want to hold on to everything and be in control of it because when you've grown up with a lack of control in your life right. and things have happened to you these are things that manifest things later have been on taken. yeah mm-hmm. things manifest later in your adulthood and a lot of times you don't have the terminology or 
know exactly what that thing is. And I can see those tendencies. Mm. And I feel like with the resources and stuff, I would hope that they would be able to overcome that. But a lot of times some people can't. And so they manifest in narcissism. They manifest in being, I got to have control of my hand on everything. I see those things and I recognize those signs because I grew up with it. Mm -hmm. I grew up with people who are dealing with that still. But a part of me always wants to be hopeful. The nice Lisa who was always that sweet kid who was always like for the underdog and Mm -hmm. really like, but even though that person's a terror, like I was always, even for the people who are the big bad wolf, I had feelings for the big bad wolf. He's only big and bad because (laughs) he doesn't doesn't have the things that the pigs have. Or when it was like, (laughs) you know, know, little things like the spider, like this is me at three, little Miss Muffet and the spider, the spider. was hungry and he needed to have those curds and whey and he didn't mean to shock her when he came down but he's a spider what else is he like that was my mentality always I'm always seeing like you see this person is doing this bad thing but there's a reason behind it and there's always a reason behind for what TP does but we study human behavior exactly so you have to realize that when, when, when I speak to like my parents who love him too they just see the work they just see this thing that they thought was hilarious or whatever and I'm like now let's take a step back and get into how this thing all happened and when they see it from that point they start to understand why too Mm -hmm. you know and they're like I was talking about I forget whatever is last because she watches the have and have nots or whatever the hell it is oh my mom watches that and we were talking about something because I was scrolling through her through my mom's um DVR mm-hmm. and it came up and I went mom what, what, what do you think about this she goes oh that's my show you know she went and did this whole thing and I was like that really and she was like that's Girl, my mom trust show. me and she just started going oh so I said tell me about it she started talking about it and this character blah 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 it's a soap it's so, a soap it's a soap well, opera it's a soap yeah she got and we all no, I love soap yeah. operas she got her general hospital and all that stuff listen, on there all day. Listen. So it's just another version that with, with people that she could more relate to because yeah. they're people of color. And so so with that, I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to give her a hard time because it's just another soap that listen, she Listen, when my mom wants to have not, I'd right. be sitting there right with her mm-hmm. and she'd be like, oh, and this woman right here. <clears throat> and it's funny because right. it's so over the top to me. Right. But because it is a soap opera. Mm -hmm. And when you go in with that mentality, it's hilarious. You know, just going like, and it's the same with all his other movies too. It's like an extreme soap opera. But I think for a lot of people, they're just kind of tired of seeing that extreme soap opera every single time. Every time. But, you know, some people, like some people. But that's his voice. Yeah. And that's that's your thing. And like I said, his theme is forgiveness. His theme is like, you know, finding your way out of no way, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Very, very Christian, very, you Mm -hmm. know, background tropes, which is what, you know, People love that. And I respect that because I come from the church, that kind of thing. It's just, you know, we just want so much more. And like I said, a part of me does not want to put all that pressure on him. But I feel like now he's in a place where he does have the resources. He does have the platform. He does have the space. And he has the connections Mm -hmm. to make a lot of things things happen. Like when he was doing his speech, when he did, uh, I can't remember, was it a BET? It was a BET. Where he said, Mm -hmm. do make your own stuff. You talking about Will Smith and all them and make your own stuff. And it's like, when I hear them say that, I get offended easily with that because I feel like I know people who are making their stuff. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't want to see it. People don't want to see it. I was about to say that. Right. So it's like, you need to rethink what you're saying and say something a little bit different. You know, stop saying, I have a work that nobody else. Stop saying that. Because it's not true. And what you're doing by you having a loud voice, by you having the platform, by you getting on media spaces and saying that, Hollywood is listening to that and believe in the shit you say. Because they see you, oh, well, you he must be right. He's making all this money. He's a success. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not true with a lot of stuff he's saying. Like, people are creating stuff. Well, you have to think about it like this. Had he not started doing the plays, would they have been a success? 
the movies? Yeah, because he had an audience that no. already. I can tell you right now. Well. No, he would not. So. When I told you, when I'm sitting at WJ and his mm-hmm. first agent said, "This is what he's doing," he had already created the content right. that made money. Let's make sure we're clear right. on this, right. okay? Let's. It's all about dollars and cents and green. <clears throat> if he was not making money, Hollywood would have passed him up like everybody else too. Correct. But because he had money and he was willing to put up his own money. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, he put his own house in that movie. He put up the funds, like Smart. half of it, like five million. Smart. Had control over it, all and that, they made money. I respect all of them. Listen, that's all called that. the hustle muscle. It's like, bitch, if I'm putting my money you know, in. No, you know what it is? When we talk about producing. He was making money. He resourceful. Use your resources. He used his fucking If his plays were not making money, if right. he was not, listen, Tyler Perry could kind of show up in a town. Listen, when he was here at the Kodak Theater mm-hmm. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. And they said, Tyler, Pe- them tickets sold the fuck sold out, out within it. 24 hours. I believe it. Do you know how His big the tickets? Kodak Theater is? That's where they have yeah. the Oscars, people. Yes. Within 24 hours. People, whatever the fuck is crazy. 24 hours right. sold out. Mm-hmm. He would not have had Hollywood come unless he was making that money already. If his plays weren't making money, sure. we would not see Tyler Perry. And the only reason why his plays were making money is because that black audience came and supported. And who was the majority of that black audience? Black, black women. women. So let's be clear about how people get to where they are. Yeah. So if your audience is predominantly black women who supported you, you know, and we've had some black women writers yeah. writing yeah. for you, yeah. and you're not doing the right thing, I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm willing to forgive and move on. <laughs> and be a tour guide. And be, hey, you know, because I want us to win. And I feel like we have the chance and we just have certain people with stuff that yeah. just don't want and I'm, to. I'm with Sonny I think he has the platform the biggest platform yes. let's just keep it real yes. ain't nobody He's else the got biggest a studio ain't nobody else got a studio Hello. with the resources that can make an entire movie Tyler's worth seven hundred million. Although I do want to say this, though, I do believe at one point, but I don't think he owned all of it. I remember Tim Reed and his wife Daphne Reed did have a studio, and was it Virginia? Yeah, but it was nothing compared to this. Not compared to this. You know what I mean? And 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 I don't even know how long that lasted. You know, or if Mm -hmm. it still even exists. I don't Mm -hmm. think it still even exists, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? You know, but it wasn't it wasn't taken seriously as a as a as a hub right. of like the place to because go. Because at the time I think Tim and them didn't have the resources <laughs> to do it. Whereas Tyler was like he has I have a track record. Yes. I'm making money. Right. And I make enough money where I don't need to even have a studio with me. Mm-hmm. I can cut, you know. So, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. And I think I think sometimes you 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 I talk to the, I talk about this a lot with younger filmmakers and I say younger just meaning inexperienced or whatever. Um and you know this from making movies too, Lisa. Mm. You are the you. Sometimes you're the product of what you come from. Yep. Now I was blessed enough to have been an actor, so I know what it's like to be on a set with Blair Underwood and Vivica and all those people, and to see the 200 people on the set, to have your own trailer, all those resources that you usually get on a set, the elements right. that make it feel professional. Right. So when I started producing and I didn't have the money to have all that, I went, what can I do to make it feel like that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what separates me from other people. When you work on my set, mm-hmm. you're like, what well, this feels like a professional? Mm-hmm. How much money y'all got? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, but you start to learn right. how to, you know, we need, I want to get 10 director's chairs that I want to be sitting over there just in case they sit down. Right. They may not never use them. Right. 
But now I know a guy who gives them to me like $2 a pop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's little shit you start to learn, but to somebody on the outside, it feels like this. Right. It feels like, boy, we just ain't making our our five grand, you know, a day. We're getting like mm. two fifty, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And instead, so what I've learned is is using your oh, this is where I was going. You get bad habits, right? If if all you learned how to do was to make you know backyard pizza and 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 credit type of shit, you're gonna they're gonna look like that to me. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, no, we need to find an extra two or three hundred dollars so that we can give them something at this restaurant with a full meal, salad, and whatever. Now we we're up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start people can see the difference right. in how you treat them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so what I'm saying is, I feel like he's got some bad habits, maybe mm-hmm. where they're used to cutting corners the wigs <laughs> you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. oh we just in a play we just throw that shit on they get it you know what you when know what I mean now that you say that that's where mine it, it really is it's like it's the play mentality mm-hmm. we'll make it worth they'll accept right. it because they accepted it when we had the theater like yeah when I'm like exactly. 200 feet in the back right. but I'm not here to see right. your wigs I'm here to hear the, the play right. but you're probably playing three characters so we don't try right. we, <laughs> exactly. try please you had a different one yeah. on a minute ago oh, we, we there we <laughs> right. see the dot on your forehead for the microphone we exactly. don't care we see the event we don't care that's not what we there for for, you right. know but it's like when it's cinema yes you gotta elevate that game and that's where I'm going with the bad habits is I think sometimes even I mean if Medea's wigs look good cause my, my, listen my mm-hmm. mama came in there and she says if you ever meet Tyler Perry ask him if I can buy one of his wigs like, yeah, she, I bet it, yeah his shit is that, that wig Medea's wig be hooked right. up it'd be, yes. it be yeah. look it'd be listen, moving it'd be, it'd be stiff wear it's stiff wear ain't stiff stiff right. wear that's cause it's real okay <laughs> 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 That's Indian heaven. Okay. So you know what my mama said, if you haven't right. met Tyler Perry, ask him if I can buy one of his wigs. That's I'm like, hilarious. all right, mom, we ever meet Tyler Perry, I'd be like, sir, you did my friends wrong, but my mom wants to know where you get your <laughs> wig from. <laughs> Where'd you get that rig from? But uh, yeah. But you know what? We hopefully, you know, with the the criticism and the the I hate to say the dragging, but the dragoth coming. Uh I hope he listens. Mm-hmm. I hope other people who are starting to get in those positions like him kind of take into account um, what their platform is, what they can do, and how um, we just need to diversify content. Because, you know, my biggest complaint from last year is like, there was nothing good. I, I don't get excited about stuff no more because mm-hmm. there's nothing that's like, oh, my God, I really, it's like, mm, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to find stuff on YouTube. Like, I'm I'm looking at indie people who, are doing creative, amazing things with no budgets, mm-hmm. but they got me mm-hmm. compared to people like, you got a budget, you got this. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> no, no, thank you. But, you know, writer's <laughs> rooms are important. Writers are important. And I think... Um, that might be what I call this, writer's rooms are writer's important. Writer's rooms are important because <clears throat> it gives you people to bounce ideas on and it and it just helps you become better. You know, an idea that you thought was great and someone says not really because somebody did and it doesn't work so, so you need to hear that sounding board and to and make got, something better well, to, to piggyback off of that you have to also remember that if we have I mentioned the that spit you know like the character of Jake right we have the character of Jake and say I'm the showrunner I come in the morning and I go Sonny give me three ideas you know on Jake's character um, <laughs> we need something where we gotta get to remember at the end of the episode where this thing happens I go, Lisa, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So now I got two different voices going off into their office to come up with three different pitches to bring me three different ideas instead of going, I think I got it. It's just this one thing. 
and then you come in with something that actually was better, mm-hmm. you don't even hear it right. because you don't have that that op- the option of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you have more voices in the room, you hear things you would have never thought about because they have a different perspective. Right. Than you. you know right. what I mean? Right. So it's like little... It's little things and it's big things. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other people who are listening to this going, oh, Hillary, you forgot this other thing too. I'm sure there's like nine other things. I'm just generalizing some of the things that are just hitting me off the top of my head mm-hmm. <clears throat> that I think are super important for why the writer's room is important to somebody who doesn't think they need a writer's room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they write everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, um, just in closing, that picking up what Sonny, Sonny was saying a minute ago, I really think that... Um, he has the platform. It is time. You have, there's nothing else in the world you need anymore. I mean, if he ever has kids, his he kids. Does. Does he does. He has, have kids he has a son. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the kids never have to work. I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's a legacy now. I mean, it's he has legacy money. He has, you know what I mean? There's, there's, so it's still, it's not about the money. You know, now it's going into what you're saying. It's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's now that he still sees himself as that kid who was abandoned or whatever the whatever the problem was. Or that's, no that's control deeper. in his life and right, yeah, right. having you know to hold I mean? on to everything. And that, that to me is the deeper. So that's the next step that I hope that he starts to deal with in, in 2020. Instead of posting, look at everything I did, it could be look at everything I did with my team. Look at everything we did. And boom. That's even better. You know what I mean? But something like that would, that's the growth that I would like to see, you know, from mm-hmm. him. Because um, you, you talk to any real, Sean Ryan, you talk to Jeff Melvoin, any of the, you know, Glenn is there, none of them say me. They all say we, or, or you know, the team, or whoever it is, you know what I mean? Jeff Dorn, every time Lisa's you like, you mean? gotta end up ACP. He's like, he no, was like, no, no, it's, it's the we. whole team, it's exactly. we. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a perfect example, yeah. you know? And, and even though he had the final word, as TP does, he gives the credit right back to everybody else. I'll have to retweet Jeff. Hey, Jeff, I'll have to retweet that again because that's the first thing. As soon as he right. jumped in, he says, thank you, but... Right. It was like, thank you, but the whole team. And I remember the the gentleman, the actor who played the voice of the Black Panther on the series gave a little like to that. He's like, yes, that's his way of saying, don't forget me. It's like, yes, right. I'm going to have to go back and retweet. Like, yes, everybody on there. But imagine if, if TP did that, how many people would... And he's done like 90 movies. How many of those people would chime in going, wow, thanks, man. I know he was talking about me. Mm-hmm. You know, instead mm-hmm. of... Yeah, that's why we were talking offline about um, people like, you know, some... some I'm not going to say the name. Some of the people who have worked with him have said, for example, that, you know... Um, he had a hard time in the past writing things, you know, letting other writers write things and he had to rewrite them and then it puts them behind on things, right? And 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 what they don't see is these things we're talking about, you know, is all the nuance that he's missing or different things are going on in the script or the character, deeper emotional moments or whatever, because it's just all one perspective, you know? And I know you think you know it better than anybody because you came up with it, right. but that's not always the truth. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. It's yeah, not, and it's, it's like, like I said, that's why I was a little perturbed mm-hmm. when I heard, you know, some of the actors talking about, oh, well, you know, some of the problem, that's why he has to put his name on because, you know, he'd give it to some writers and they they wouldn't write it with his voice and he had to go back and rewrite it and it was costing him money. And I'm like, mm-hmm. see, don't say that because you're making it sound like writers are incompetent right. when you're missing the whole step on how TV shows are written. Correct. And, and as I said before, you're also missing... You want to be the showrunner. Your job as a showrunner is to help and teach. Also, now I don't want to say teach is to is to is to help your writers 
get better at writing your scripts too, along with all the managerial stuff, along with all the running the room and the you know and the the the, the, the production and the post and the everything else. And we'll talk to Felicia about that when right. we get in a minute, right? You know about all that other stuff. And so that tells me, like I said, you very well may be great at 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 producing production, but there might be some managerial issues you still may be missing, you know? And that's why these steps of not doing outlines, not doing beat sheets and, you know, not catching story things before you write the whole script. Exactly. And that was their problem, you know, instead, but you, you don't have the time because you're so busy. You only want to read the script. You're going to be missing things. Yeah. You know, there's going to be holes because you didn't find them early, you know, anyway. So with that, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Like I said, to all you fans out there, like I said, Sonny is a fan. Lisa, you're still a fan. I'm still a fan. You know, I, you know what? what? I this still coming from a listen, fan listen, point of view. I still take my mom. I still get together with my cousins. Right. Still get the streaming. We, we get me. up there. We get them old tapes out. We watch them. Oh, we know the songs. I know. <laughs> we know when he comes out. Start doing. Listen. I still laugh. I had the dance move down listen. when they were doing it. Listen. It brings back memories. It also brings when we watching the tapes and stuff. It brings back memories of some of my relatives who aren't here anymore, and they love these things. Right. So yeah, there's there's. It's like it's kind of like he's that uncle that you love him, but sometimes he just does stuff like dude. I just want to like, ah! <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can have a reconciliation. I'm hoping that we could have something really tremendous coming out of the studio. Like, right. I'm, I'm really hoping for a lot of good things. And I'm excited about ha- having that studio there. I mean, next time I go to Atlanta, I'm going to go visit my cousin. Um, if they have the tours, I would love to go check it out and go see it. Mm-hmm. I really just want to go see like the Lena Horne studio. And I mean, because I, I got two projects we're trying to, and Pamela and I are going to shoot something in Atlanta. We would love to work with there. So I'm not, I'm not against the place mm-hmm. at all. So you see, I'm saying anything negative about that. I'm against that he's, char- I hear he's charging more, but I'll learn that when I get more into the produ- yeah. production part, if that's true or not. Um, but I just want to make sure that, that, that he's giving back. It should be, it should to me, it shouldn't be more expensive, is all I'm saying. If I built a place, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to give this back. But I know what happens when you build something new. You have to charge more in yeah. order to get. So I get that. So I'm right. not going. Not even going to dog him on that. Right. I'm just making a general point about right. it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, cool. Awesome. Where you at, Sunny? You can find me at Sunny, S-O-N-N-Y underscore Joshim, J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Before I go, shout out to Numa. She's Haitian. She's a woman director. Uh-oh. Jezebel movie. I just saw it. It is great. Okay. Shout out to Tiffany, who's yes. also in the movie, yes. who's playing the lead. Wait, go what's watch. Tiffany's last name? Uh, oh, man. Okay, we'll look up Tiffany. Yes. <laughs> you can find her on Twitter as well. Nice. But watch the Jezebel movie. It's really great. Support women Ooh, filmmakers. Okay. Awesome. All right. Cool. Something good to see. Okay, I'm going to look forward to seeing that. Where are you at, Lisa Lisa? Uh, what fresh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's oh, back on it. This, I just found out something. Somebody, I went on. Thank you for getting back. Yeah, on. I got back She's on back there, in. and somebody jumped on and said, "Yeah, girl, somebody got your avatar. I thought it was you, and it wasn't." So, all right. So, whoever has <laughs> the black celestial mermaid that I bought from Pamela I H, that was the, you, the artist, it looked just like you to me. It does look like that's the reason why when I my ex bought that, it was a puzzle yeah. that he bought at Comic Con or something like that, huh. and he brought it home. And that was back in the day before I had dreadlocks when right. I used to just wear my hair curly right. like that with the nose ring, mm-hmm. and when I was like skinny. <laughs> Ah, and he says, girl, just like you. I said, it does. And so I contacted the artist. And years later, I said, do you mind if I use my business card, my thing? I remember I paid for that. So whoever has the black celestial mermaid avatar who's trying to take, I'm going to come find you. I'm going to come find you. Because somebody, somebody got in like, oh, I thought it was you. It was somebody else. So whoever knows, if they saw that avatar, 
uh, at me that person. That's hilarious. So I can DM them <laughs> and do a cease and desist. Yeah, I'll cut, cut that. And my, and my cease and desist ain't going to be no lawyer. <laughs> it's turn on your location. That's hilarious. So yeah, I'm the original <laughs> Black Celestial Mermaid, but shout out to Pamela H., who created that whole series. They were a calendar series of different um, diverse mermaids. Oh, cute. Like she had Latino ones. She had all the different Native American ones. She had all the different ones. And that was my favorite. And the only reason why I knew about it was because my ex bought a puzzle home and said, girl, I know you love your black mermaids. It look just like you. I'm like, it does. So I used to tell people, that's me. Do you know where that is? Can you send me the link to that? I would love to see that. Oh, God, yeah. Or you just type in Pamelina. H, I'll see the link. Her name is Pamela H. She lives up, I think she might still be up in, um, I think it's either Sun City, but she used to do, she did uh, Shaquille O'Neal's The Superman. She painted the Superman thing on one of his cars. Mm. She would do like the guys from Aerosmith, their Mm. guitar. She paints guitars, cars, like she's in the rock and roll. She Listen, she's a badass artist and I got to meet her and go to her studio one time because I bought um, the actual photo prints of that because I just loved it and just got a chance to meet her and she's amazing and um, if you ever want guitars <coughs> cars whatever she's she's badass awesome. so Pamelina cool, cool. that's Pamelina what's H. and I'm your host Hilliard Guest you guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest you can follow the show Screenwriters RR on Twitter <clears throat> any questions Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail.com please go on iTunes Stitcher Apple Podcasts Anchor Spotify, everything, Google Google Play. And Patreon page. And Patreon, I was about to get to that. And please go on our Patreon page, as Sunny said. Go ahead, tell them, tell the kids. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't That's know what the, you get. I don't know the specifics, but you know, if you <laughs> love the show, they're trying to do a live show this year, yes, you know, support. You know, so much knowledge is dropped on here. It helped me so much as a writer, so support. Support us and come hang out. And like I said, as we get closer to... Oh, you could be like life. Richard to bring us donuts and stuff, you know. Whatever. I know. I was so happy. Thank you, Richard. I was just sitting there thinking, <laughs> man, it'd be nice to have a little donut thing. I should have stopped. And I'm like, no, I had a little cake. And Richard walks <laughs> in and brings the donuts, right? And they're okay. fresh and soft. And tells us a little sexy and story And tells us a sexy Chris story Hemmer. again. We used to do a <laughs> podcast of like Richard's sexy stories <laughs> of Hollywood. Oh, my God. Like Hollywood Great. After Dark. They could just be like little short 15-minute episodes. <laughs> Come over here, Richard. He's Come over here. Last night at the bar. Oh, oh my bar. God. <laughs> Wait, go ahead. Long story short, there was like. That's the name of the show. Long story years. short. Long story mm. short, there were two black girls and a Latina girl who mm. basically was just like, so was good. And I really? was just like, I'm going to church in the morning. So <laughs> I don't feel comfortable sitting all night and then stepping in church. Wow. So. Wow. He's so bad. He's so bad. <laughs> and that'll be our new podcast. Long story short. Exactly. Richard Scott over there, y'all. This crazy little butt. Um, <laughs> anyway, Chris Derrick is out, but you guys can find him at Unauthorized CBD. Um, he'll be back in the next couple can weeks. Can I say one last thing? I know. I know. I'm Every sorry. Time. That's what it's like in a writer's room. We talk. Yeah. Every, we talk. That's true. It's, listen, it just listen, keeps going. listen. This reminds me of when we first started, where it was just you and me. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and then we just talk back and forth mm-hmm. to see where we've come from. Is this our fifth year? I don't even know anymore. This is our fifth, sixth, fifth? 2014. I think we started. Six. Is it our sixth year? Yeah. We've been doing this for six years. Mm-hmm. You've got to be kidding Remember, me. Remember, we did ten on the other podcast. That's right. This I is when we started. That's this right. Thirteen. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Seven years. Yep. Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, we've been it's a long been time. a long it's time been on. since I left you. Without a stone around the step to uh. Look at how many feet from the step to <laughs> Time's up. Sorry, y'all kept oh, you. Oh, we got to play anyway. that when we do the live taping. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody joining me, y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, y'all? 2020. 2020. Peace, y'all. Ciao. And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the rain So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.